Hi, and welcome to Are You Done Yet? Episode 8, the podcast about your work and project management challenges. As always, I have with me today, Brian Quick. Hey, everybody. I have a return, one of our return guests, our very own Matt Freilich. Hello, and good afternoon. And for the first time, but I'm sure not the last, will be joining us uh, our very own Sean Scott. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Brian, you want to kick us off today? Yeah, so welcome to Are You Done Yet? Um, episode 8. And uh, gl- glad you could join us, uh, Sean. We, we've been looking to to get more and more of our team in front of our, our customers and our audience. So uh, we're real happy to have you today. Um, so, Matt, you're a Are You Done Yet? veteran. <laughs> any uh, any any advice or word uh, you know uh, you know words for Sean uh, as we embark on this episode? Veteran, that's using the word. <laughs> He's done it once. <laughs> you know, um, Nat, last time uh, we you know we we made sure that we called out the swords on Matt's wall that he was the project management and BI ninja. They're still there? They haven't um, gone anywhere. So we're all uh, living at work now these days, right? So we're, uh, I can see, you know, Sean, you're in your basement. Uh, and um, my kids just got off the bus. So if you, if you hear any disruption, uh, just ignore it, move on. Um, <laughs> but what we really want to talk about today is collaborative project management um, using the tools that you use every day. And, you know, those, those tools are evolving. Um, and they're becoming more part of the Microsoft suite. We're all basically recording this podcast on Teams today. But what if we were to use Teams as our project management tool of choice? Uh, well, you what you could think about, okay, so those of you that are familiar with Teams, you'd set up your, your team and your channels. And then, of course, you can pull in the tabs, right? So you pull in the tab for projects, create a tab, put it, put the project app in the tab, well, maybe one for planner, put it in the tab, one for Power BI, another tab. Um, start adding stuff. Just start adding stuff, right? But but that's kind of a lot of work, right? And, it, and to do it really every single time? Yeah. Every single time you want to start a project, you got to go through this. this or, or a Teams in general. I mean, doesn't even have to be a project. It can just be anything, right? Any team well, site, yeah. I, have, and th- I mean, you have nothing to start with. You have to make the channels, add the people, do this, do that, yeah. do the whatever. Now, Microsoft, you know, I don't know if you guys know, uh, released a template, a mm-hmm. templatization of Teams. Um, you can ha- the the tenant admin can set it up pretty easily. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. However, it only stubs out everything. Okay. Right. So it will make the tabs for you, but there's nothing there. You have to go and then add add the planner that you might want to add, add the create the list that you might want to you might want to create. You want a Power BI report? Well, there's a Power BI tab and there's a Power BI app, but you have to go find the report. So what what's the problem with that? I mean, you guys mentioned already um, and it's great using Teams. We've actually had customers tell us that Teams is a real game changer for their project collaboration, work management collaboration, which is awesome. Um, but you mentioned one challenge you have already with that, which is um, it takes some time. But um, are there other challenges associated with it? Um, I, I mean, I'll let Sean speak to it. But, I mean, one of the ones that I find is, and I, you know, internally or even anywhere else, it's it's, it's standardization and kind of keeping things the same flow so you can That's stay it. with it. Yeah, so you have um, 
you know, different work managers or project managers, and even the same person may go in and create teams a little bit differently. So now every time you go to one of these sites, and, and we've seen this, and it's the same kind of problem we've mentioned this before that you kind of had back in the SharePoint days where, you know, anyone could create sites. You can do that with teams oftentimes, and so you don't have any consistency there. So now your activity may be a little bit skewed because you're hunting around for now this it's this way in this other team site but i'm looking for an issue here and you know it's it's different so um being able to have that consistency i think is is a real productivity enhancer too and i think it kind of speaks to one thing that is a theme that we've been driving to a lot lately and um as we get into this a little bit more you guys can probably um, reinforce it and i I think uh, sean you can do some demos for us and that is this idea of work and project management isn't people's jobs in of itself right The, the the work of tracking the, the information and, and storing the information, retrieving the information, all that kind of stuff. So one of the things we're really trying to do is drive that towards zero. You'll never be completely at zero, but if we can take with the technologies and make the information easier to get in or just it, it just gets in by virtue of the way that you're doing things and, and natural flow of work, then, it, then you're going to have more information in there in the first place, which is huge, right? Um, one of the big problems and challenges in project work management is getting people to actually put information in, and then it's finding it. So if you can get get this to happen in a more natural way, it's gonna it's gonna be better for people to have this information where it's easily retrievable, and then you can do more interesting things with it. So I think that's a uh, a, a real theme that that a lot of folks are going to be um, kind of working towards. We've even been talking to customers about that exact theme: how do we get more productivity, um, and how do we take work out of work management. Mm-hmm. Another thing to consider is without standardization, it makes reportability much harder. Um, So if you don't have the same fields across your teams, how are you going to tie all that data together to give one picture of where you stand? Yeah, absolutely. And in certain cases, now you also can start to, and I may be getting ahead on the the demo here, but... um, (laughs) You can Always start to move, move information even. around, right, and, and get into a kind of a central um, without getting too technical. I think we're we're really basing a lot of the things that we're doing now on the Power Platform and the use of the CDS or the Common Data Service from Microsoft. So that really enables you to have, like you were saying, Sean, a more standardized set of data um, through the standardization of, of the usage and also by using the common tool sets. So we built something to help with this. And did. these guys did. <laughs> you and I did build uh, it. <laughs> so you guys, again, witnessed, you, know, you witnessed the magic happen is what it really right. occurred. <laughs> we don't Brian, just observe problems. We solve them around that's here. Right. So, right. Is that what we do? So, um, again, you know, it's that setup. It's the governance and the consistency around the channels and the tabs that you want to provision. Plus much more. Um, are we going to show everybody a little bit of a little taste there? Show us sure. some of the magic, guys. Yeah, we're definitely going to show that. Um, I do want to. I want to preface this. One of our major design imperatives that we really focused on while we were creating this was the goal that everybody stays in teams, doesn't leave teams, right? Even if the work they're doing is technically outside of teams. Okay, that's great because they're in there all day anyway, and right. the assumption there is that if you stay in teams, you're going to be more productive because that's where your documents are. That's where your, 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 the fellow employees that you're looking to collaborate with are. So that's really the point, isn't it? To stay, stay in one place. And I've been living in there more and more every day. I gotta be honest. Yeah. It, 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 it's definitely that. And the big thing is the, is 
it reduces the thrashing that mm-hmm. you know that's a common thing amongst amongst people who do development uh, do product creation those types of things is is thrashing but thrashing isn't limited to them thrashing is limited to everybody you just don't see it as much Wait, what or you thrash- don't notice it's occurring what do you, what, you, what is thrashing am i am i the only one that doesn't know what that is <laughs> no so thrashing <laughs> Is being pulled in, being pulled in multiple directions, but I have okay. to go here, and then I have to go here, and then I have to go here. All this right. moving around just right. threw my train of thought to do my one thing that I was trying to do off. Okay, right. gotcha. Yeah. And makes it less likely that you might actually capture some of the information you need for that work or project right. management piece, right? Because you're now you're you're overdoing something that's related to the actual work. Hmm. All right. Well, let's show let's show some some things because I think we painted the picture here. Okay. Um, hope you're seeing my screen now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, what we're showing here is our uh, Teams work management solution. We are within Teams. Um, we're within uh, kind of a high level general channel where we've created a Microsoft form to take a new project request. And it asks for some some simple details, and it kicks off a uh, approval process and a team channel and project provisioning process. So let me quickly get these in. And this is just an example form, right, Sean? I mean, it it can be different for, you know, if you have particular needs, you want to capture different kinds of data, right? Yes, um, very good point. Um, And also different technologies can be used here. So, um, So forms is probably a pretty static, pretty simple example of how we can input this data. You can get a little bit more robust using uh, Power Apps, a Canvas app, um, to have more conditional logic built in, or you could use a SharePoint list uh, to kick these off. Um, There's really lots of ways to start this part of the project. We just chose a a forms. Our goal here is just to incorporate more Microsoft tech into the overall solution, but we're already kind of working on changing this out for a Canvas app to make it more flexible. Oh, okay. A couple of the, the key things that are being uh, prompted, um, program, this actually will determine what team the uh, new channel becomes a part of, um, as well as project manager is who the project owner will be, um, as well uh, as who will get notified when the creation is complete. And then these other fields are pieces of metadata that get tracked in CDS along with the project. And I know we've talked about it on previous episodes. Sean, CDS stands for? Common Data Service. Boy, it'd be funny if you didn't know that. <laughs> that would be, it'd be, it'd be having an awkward conversation. No, but I wanted to make sure that we, you know, I know we use, I know we're all very adept to throwing out acronyms like it's our, uh, you know, our second nature, but... It's easy to have one slide by that no one really realized we actually said. If you want to have a little fun with acronyms, the Ted House is the acronym God. And uh, there's a previous episode of Are You Done Yet? where he said so many acronyms during the course of the, the episode that we had to make like an outtake track of all the acronyms and combine them together. So check out uh, YouTube for that. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So we're giving it a couple seconds um, to kick off the approval side. Um, I should be receiving a email um, notification this, for the approval as this well. This is a time as, job, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, this does get kicked off instantly. Looks like it was there. Um, just because I'm presenting, it it hit it, which is cool. So I could approve it directly from the email, but I will also show how you can approve it from within Teams with the Flow app. So under the Flow app, if you go to Approvals, you will see a collection of all of the Power Automates that are currently in process that you need to approve. So we've, we have a Power Automate that is kind of waiting to get confirmation or deny before going to its next step. So I'm going to go go ahead, and this is just to see. It's got our approval details, project name, some details about it. I'm going to go ahead and approve that. All right. So we'll start to see, be able to see things happening in real time. Um, see a, a new channel showing up. It's uh, It's named our new project name. And behind the scenes, Power Automate is is churning through some setups that we've done, and it's um, provisioning the channel with all of the tabs uh, that we've we've set up to be um, with that program. That's kind of the key here, is when you when you approve uh, that, it kicked off uh, a, a series of events, right, Sean? A long series of events. We're, we're hitting lots of different technologies. We are creating a project in the Common Data Service. We are creating about five or six tabs in the team channel, um, linking to the project, linking to Power BI. We are creating a number of SharePoint lists with a standard structure. And then it's uh, tracking all of that data in the CDS so that we, we have links between them all, um, which is going to be used later by some of our other automations. So within just a couple minutes, all this technology is going to do all this for you, which is saving all kinds of manual time. Mm-hmm. And um, and also the you know the ability or it removes the um, likelihood of any kind of errors as you're building out that stuff. Well, right. I mean, like, so we're, we're actually seeing it happen right before our eyes. All these things are getting provisioned and they're lighting up. Um, and you're right, Mike. I mean, think of how much time it would take to go and set these things up individually, and then you're losing the consistency and the governance involved. Mm-hmm. We There's all know that. lots of places to mess up this process with this many steps <laughs> if you were doing it manually. So, you oh, know, yeah. it, it doing all this in, within 60 seconds, it, it saved at least an hour or so of time and a ton of risk. Oh, yeah. What about a customer that has like a slightly different process or need to what we built here? that we're demoing. Is that okay? Can I, can I build that in? Uh, yes. Um, that's the beauty of using the power platform. Um, using power automate is that everything we do is low code, no code, very easy to, uh, make slight tweaks. Um, and then we'll actually get to it in a little bit. Um, the lists in SharePoint that we created are actually built on configurations. So depending on the customer, if you've got different, field you want to track for risk issues and lessons learned, that is all configurable. So you would actually not have to open up the Power Automate to make those changes. Um, just um, go into a Power app and set up some new fields. Or I mean, <laughs> even to an extent, a different list like action items. Yes, good point. So, so you what get, we'll, we have, we'll actually show that configuration as well. What we have here is this is a website tab for the project for the web project in the CDS that was requested and that is linked to this channel. 
So hmm. all the data that we're entering in here gets immediately added to the CDS. If you were to open project um, from the normal URL, you would see this project. It'd be one of your projects. Um, but this provided a way to quickly create it and then create a centralized and, and standard location to inter interface with that project. Okay. Nice. And, you know, last week or was or they they released a, a proprietary sort of app tab thing for Project for the Web. Um, so I assume we're, we're going to update our app to include that instead of the website now that that's available. Actually not. Um, there oh, are, really? Yeah. There are some technical limitations um, at this point where you cannot programmatically instantiate a tab that is an app other than a website. Okay. Um, so that's, yep. So what Matt um, kind of hinted at with the template feature or even with the create team from another team feature, it will create your channels and all of your tabs, but each of these will be in an unconfigured state. And there are right. currently the API does not support creating these tabs in a configured state um, for, for the apps, but it does for a URL. Um, huh. So since we're, we're using um, in Power Automate the CDS, we're using Graph API to do some of these calls. We're using the SharePoint um, connectors to make a lot of these calls. But then in the end, all of these tabs are URL links because a URL, we're, we're spinning everything up in the background, but then using URLs as tabs to get it all together in Teams uh, configured. That's what Mike calls the sausage making. Right, mm -hmm. but it, it, there there is some significance that's kind of important to that too. So what you're about to see with this report is this report, as Sean put in all the tasks and everything, right? This Power BI report is pre-filtered to your project. Mm -hmm. Now that's important because it, we're able to filter that through the URL itself. And it's oh. set that way. So if, if you come in here and accidentally change it, the next time you come in, it's going to be right back to where you started, which means it's 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 contextualized to your project and to your channel. Wait and a minute. I, how, how immediate is this? I mean, you had you just entered those tasks on the other on the other tab, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So this Power BI report is like how real time is that? Um, well, so the Power BI report, I mean, Sean actually refreshed it in that 30 seconds we were talking. Oh, so that's, see, that was tricky. I didn't even see him do that. Yeah, yeah, he, so it's near, totally it's near that. real time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> as it's long quite, as Sean pushes the button. But the, case, but the, the importance <laughs> there, though, is that it's, it's a pre-contextual filtered report versus a, 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 a either two things, right? You're building this report that's pre-configured to be this project, which nobody's going to do that. That's a lot of work. Or you're going to get that standard dashboard of stuff, and then every time you want to come in here, you want like, I don't want to see all of it. I just want to see my stuff. Now you have to dig through and find your stuff, which is a lot more work. This is just everybody who has Power BI who's a part of this project can now see the report as it is real time. With one click, yeah. right? Wow. Right, with one click, pop, there it is. And that's, that's just based on the group that's, that has channel access. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. 
So we've seen our project tab. We've seen our project report tab. These last three tabs are SharePoint lists. This, SharePoint. Is, this is using the new. This is using the new concept that, that Microsoft rolled out recently called lists, which is their rebranding of SharePoint lists. Just so we're all. I was going to say that they had SharePoint lists forever. But yeah, they but they've actually. They've made everything called lists, so everything for Teams, everything for SharePoint, they're using the same the same thing. Okay. So if you notice, there's quite a bit of columns um, that come pre-configured. Um, these were we'll, we'll switch to that setup step here in a little bit, um, but these are pretty complicated fields. Some of them are choice lookups. Um, things like exposure is a calculated field, so you can any type of field you could set up in a SharePoint list, we can configure so it gets set up during this project request process. One of the things we hear from customers is, uh, you know, project for the web is an easy to use tool. It's simple. I like it, um, but it's not a portfolio management system. It doesn't have like all up risk and issue reporting. Does this tool help with that kind of conversation? It definitely can, um, because we are getting those metadata links within the CDS that can be leveraged um, by Power BI reports to where these projects are, are part oh. of a program portfolio. And we're also tracking department details. Um, so those are all things that Project for the Web doesn't necessarily do natively, um, yeah, tracking right. extra project metadata. Right. Okay, exactly. And one of the things you saw from that form, right, when we created that is he filled in a few fields in the metadata. That is already being – as opposed to having to go and do this and then this, it's already added when it created the project for us. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's pretty That's pretty cool too. Isn't that – yeah, it's not like you have to create your project entity and then go back later and admin. Update some stuff over in this other location because it's not part of the project for the web native – Mm-hmm. It's part of the whole thing. So we're because we're doing this all programmatically in the background, it's able to do all this stuff, and you don't have to think about it. You don't even have to know it exists. You're just kind of going through and filling out the form, which is really the easiest intake thing you could possibly do. Absolutely. Unless it exists somewhere else already, Matt. You know? And what are the possibilities with that? Like, let's say that this data is somewhere – like, you have an intake SharePoint list. We can you cut this piece out and you use it from that piece. I mean, just just by maybe even promoting it to a certain point of a, a workflow or something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it can trigger off of something, and from that we just tie. All we do is we change the where that the in the entry point of this workflow. Yeah, where 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 it's pulling from. Oh, that that's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Again, though, we're, the reason we have as a form is because a form can be embedded right into the team. So now it's part of this. Sure. So what we're going to show now is what are some of the ways that you can log a risk or an issue or lessons learned? Um, one of the cool ways we're going to show is by conversation. So if yeah. if someone were to bring up a... Just in conversation, you see something, hey, this should be uh, marked as a list that, or marked as a risk, then you actually get contextual Power Automates based on this conversation. There we go. To create risk. 
And so this is Power Automate using a an adaptive form to where it's prompting for some additional information um, about that to get, to get the risk. What did you click on to get on here on this screen? Um, I'll show you. I'll, I'll do you it again. Right it again, right? I could. Yep. I'm just finished it. <laughs> We could offer additional descriptions if we wanted, but it does take the text from the original message. So the way to initiate this is there's an ellipses here on the conversation. Oh, yeah. And we have a couple of different options. So once these Power Automates are in your system, then you will get these options as well. So that's really so, cool. So that's that's while you're in course of having a conversation you can just say i need to throw this over as a risk or an issue or lessons learned or the different categories it could go into and it's it's going to pop that form and then you just finish filling out that information goes right in so at the top of the conversation one of the things that we said was we're trying to make it easier for people to get information in as just in course of doing their work and this looks like it just does it i mean just right it just did it you, yeah, you don't even miss a beat, right? You're just having a conversation. Literally takes an extra 10 seconds to get it in there. And one of the things that we've heard customers say over and over again is an issue in risk management is getting people to do it is tough, right? Because you have to go into each project site. Even if you're using a tool like Project Online. You have or to go an Excel document. Or an Excel document or whatever, um, which is a different set of problems, right? Because now Excel's everywhere and it may not be a single source of truth. But even with Project Online, there's no... You can do a report to pull them all out and look at them in one place, but you can't manipulate them all in one place. So um, so you're getting them in very easily here. And then I think you're going to show something in a minute that's uh, how you can actually manipulate them all in one place as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and the power about this, right, is let's say I'm a project manager and Brian and Sean are discussing something. Maybe they don't realize it's an important thing. Maybe they don't think it's a risk. Maybe they don't think it's an issue. So they're not logging it. That's that's fine, but they're having a discussion around it. And me as a PM, I'm gonna go, oh, that seems that seems important. I want to put that up there. Wow. And I, I don't have wow. to, I, don't, I don't have to lose track of it and go to different screens and copy and paste and do all this stuff. I just add it. That's really powerful stuff, guys. I mean, you basically created the equivalent of the like button for a risk in an issue, right? <laughs> so essentially, you know. Just in that course of that conversation, which is which is centralized and that conversation, you know, unless you were using teams would never have been centralized. It would have been, you know, hallway conversation or somewhere in an email. And now because that's in the thread of discussion in teams, you escalating that right to an issue and then editing the details from there with like one click. That's really amazing. I love that. And from the beginning of my the beginning of this, you're not leaving teams. You're not leaving teams. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Right. I knew I knew and we've tra- you guys uh, were smart, but I didn't know that you were that smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's really trying to keep everybody to do the stuff that needed me to do and and as Mike said, reduce that overhead needed to get better successful results. Right. And project online or project server never had that. No, this, no, no, not. And, and this is the this is way beyond kind of the the capabilities that that we're used to. I could see like AI coming into play here at some point. Yeah, and we can kind of talk about where where, where we're going with that and how you can see some of the possibility with those things. Hmm. 
And bots potentially as well, right? Well, actually, what yep. you saw there, that little thing that we just did, did you ask that? That's a, called a flow, that's a flow bot. Yeah, yeah. So you're already using them. That's awesome. We're, we're also tracking the conversation IDs. Um, so there's capabilities as status changes. Um, Power Automate can be writing back to the conversation, um, or it can potentially get additional details from the conversation. So we're really compiling a lot of metadata in the CDS that helps for things like AI or reporting. That's awesome. So this is cool, um, but this is really cool. So we've got a Power <laughs> Automate that is monitoring all of these SharePoint lists that were um, have been created through our process. And what it's doing is compiling them all together um, into um, entities within the CDS so that you can really get robust functionality to kick off workflow automations. So um, it's actually a bi-directional interface. So if you've got a program or portfolio manager, they can be making changes to these risks and issues here in one centralized location across all their different projects. And as soon as they make changes, those flow back to, the, to their associated SharePoint list. All behind the scenes, all seamlessly. What I'm, what I'm understanding from this is if I want to, I don't want to go into all these other tabs that have all the projects and then have an issues list associated with them and then make the changes over there. I can go to one centralized location and see all the issues and risks going on across all of the projects that are happening, make changes to them, but also see them centrally in one place. So you would have this tab like an every project channel. So this would be your top level, right? So you notice he's in, he's in the general. So the way the, okay. the, the, the paradigm we're kind of showing here is TWM demo is a portfolio or a program. Oh, got it. Every channel below it is a project. Well, that's fine. So I can spend my time in my project over here as a project manager. I shift, shift focuses and I can spend my time in the other channel because that's my project over here. Different teams potentially, right? Different people on it. But Mike, as a portfolio manager, wants to look at what all the projects are performing. He can go to the general tab and he has that app up there and he can look at everything across all the projects. Mm-hmm. And this really makes reporting so much easier in Power BI. It is very difficult to pull lots of SharePoint lists together and then make sense of it. Um, by right. doing this step of going from SharePoint to CDS, now we are doing all of our reporting on the CDS entities where they're all grouped up and we've got um, just one structure that everything's fit into. Um, so it makes reporting and it makes automation 100 times easier and more reliable. But, but you created this in entity in SharePoint, this issue, and then it copied it into the CDS automatically. And it and is bidirectional. Just, and um, then you're so, altering here, which means we go back to the, the actual individual, and it's and that's updated there. Okay. That's awesome. So uh, let me ask you this. If you did have something like Project Online, could you do the same thing with those issues and risk and, and then have it in a central dashboard like this? We could. I mean, so instead, there, there's differences, right? We wouldn't actually create the lists like we no, have here. They exist in Project, right? Right. We would just do, what we, instead of a list, a, a tab that links to a SharePoint list, in Teams, 
it would be a tab that lists links to a project site, a specific project site with a specific teams or with a specific uh, project online. And it pulls it into here. And then you can do the same thing where we look at this and write to the CDS and you have the same thing, component. In fact, you could have both project online and project for the web behaving the same way in the same environment. And you don't even know which one you're using. That's wow. So you're saying that this really, you could do this with almost any kind of app. Yes. Because Project Online is a SharePoint app, right? Basically, where Project for the Web is a Power Apps. But you're pulling all this data together in the CDS, and then you're creating a ubiquitous experience in Teams. That's cool. Yep. Very nice. So this, this, this has application outside of the project world, right? Yes, it has. If you didn't have Project Online or Project for the Web, you could be doing this just with a Teams component. Um, Or you could have other apps. Just Teams governance and still have things that you might be interested in. Like, you know, if if you're running a a marketing campaign or something, you still might have issues and risk, right? Or lessons learned or um, you might have a vendor list or you might have action items, like you said, or those kind of things. You You could pretty much customize this for any kind of work management solution. Correct. That's awesome. couple of background items is so this is um, a model driven power app so these are all custom entities that we've set up to facilitate this process and one of the things we've talked about are setting up and configuring those lists so these are the three lists that you um, saw created when we got the new project channel um, just kind of a high level view if you needed to add organization specific fields then we have mechanisms for that. So it's not a code change to add new fields to a list. It is a configuration change, um, which is saves a lot of time and promotes that uh, consistency. Right. Now, the other thing that we have here, um, if Microsoft were to allow us, I know we talked earlier about this, to create a tab with an app, instantiate the app all programmatically, most of the work that we have here doesn't go away. It just can replace it. We, we, we basically just alter the, the, the configuration component to create an app as opposed to uh, the, 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 uh, an app and a tab as opposed to a, what we currently have. And it just keeps working. Yep. We're using HTML tabs here because we're, pushing the envelope a little bit and uh this is this is what the technology allows us to do at the moment but they're rapidly putting out new features for uh, apis for teams and everything else so definitely think in a few months we'll probably be able to spin up tabs that are configured for apps right yeah it depends on what opens up to us so that we can play with the doors that we have yeah so if i'm a customer and uh i kind of like what i see here and the potential maybe Maybe my use case is slightly different. Maybe I want to get the new project ideas from somewhere else. I don't want to do a form, whatever. But I get it. I understand the concept. You know, how can how can I work with Innovative E to to get this rolling in my company? <laughs> um, well, you know, there's some licensing implications. Um, your screen went away. Why don't you say there's like 
there, why do you say licensing implications? So well, like everything else, right? You need to have. So we'll need some Power Apps licenses, some Power BI okay. licenses, okay, things like that. I mean, in order to use this, it, it, even if to do anything, right? But the best part about that is, as soon as you get those licenses for this, those mm-hmm. licenses become available to doing anything else you want to do, in up to and including extending this to be more tailored to your organization. Right. But even on those licensing for most of the users who would be using this um, from a team's perspective, they would only have to have the base like that ten dollar Power BI uh, or Power Apps um, Power um, Platform. Right. Um, I'm not, or, or, or we might get away that with a lot of them teams. being just project for the web for this particular use case, project for the web and Power BI, because the standard user isn't really going to go into the Power App specifically. Right. Only if you want and that, that stuff that runs in the background. Right, so you end up with a couple. What we would what we recommend is a, a service account that's driving all the power automates in the background. That mm-hmm. would be need to be that would need to be licensed. Your right. portfolio managers are going to need Power App, and they could run around with that with the the ten dollar license. And then your mm-hmm. admins would need a full license. Right, right. What, what so about for the issue and risk escalation from the from the post? That Flowbot is standard Flow components with Teams. Oh, okay. Wow. So cool. it's 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 part of your team's licensure, well, or your I guess your E your your M three sixty five licensure, I should say. Mm. We could have a whole call on Microsoft licensing, but it sounds pretty easy. That sounds <laughs> super fun. <laughs> <laughs> we could also watch your paint dry. <laughs> All right, but moreover, and kind of what I was getting, I was leading the question, if you guys didn't get that before, is, uh, you know, Innovative E can help you um, figure out what your particular use case is. And we've already built this, so we're kind of starting from a certain point. Instead of building it from scratch, um, we can institute this in your tenant um, and uh, talk to you about specifically how you'd want to use um, the collaborative project management you see inside Teams um, for your company. And actually, yeah, I mean, I knew you were leading me. I just wanted to make sure we talked. We did mention licensing because it is important. Um, there actually is something else to understand more uh, without going too into the weeds. The architecture of the solution is it's layered. So Power Apps allows for layering, meaning you can install, say, that governance level, just the team setting up stuff for you and being done with it. That's kind of your, your, your base layer. The project for the web's component, maybe some of the risks, some of the issues or or other things, right? The right back to the CDS, that type of stuff. That could, that's, that's the second layer. And they're managed solutions. So that means you know that they're kind of installed wholesale and structured the way you're expecting them to be. Not, okay, we gave you all the bits. Good luck. Have fun. Mm-hmm. All but right. then, there's, then there's a third layer. The third layer is actually your extension what you need for your organization. So when you think about that, it's going to be, what do I need to have done for that's tailored to me, that's tailored to what I need that isn't there. And that's kind of what the, that third layer is for. And that would be your unmanaged solution. That's your, your extension. That's your, either we're doing it as, you know, helping you do it or training you to do it yourself. Right. Which brings up another point. Um, Brian, to extend on how you can engage is we offer training for it for Power Platform, um, and for we actually have one around building a solution very similar to this 
Um, we also do things like uh, assessments for folks who've done some of their own. We were just on a call earlier today with a customer who's, they've got five or six power apps. They built one part of the way. They, they need a little bit more um, taking it to the next level, kind of assess the process across the board and make some best practice recommendation and then enable them to, to do a lot of the work on their own. So there's all kinds of different ways we can engage with with folks to help them out in this, this kind of space. For sure. Cool. Why don't we take the screen share off uh, for the rest of the call? All right, so we've got a little, so thanks for that, guys. That was really great. Um, got a little something called Customer Corner. So Customer Corner is a segment we do at the end of every Are You Done Yet podcast and talk about conversations we've had recently with customers, not mentioning any names specifically, um, but uh, scenarios um, that you might be able to relate to things that we're helping others with. So a couple have come to mind. They're pretty cool, and we are having a lot of them lately. Um, but basically, on the same tip, so power apps, right? Got a customer that came to us that kind of dipped their toe in the water on power apps a little bit, low code, no code. Um, and they want us to come in and sort of take a look at what they've built. And, and then they have some other ideas for apps that they want to build. So that's one way we're thinking about um, that, and we're going to work with that customer. Um, and we're meeting them where they are. So it's not that we're creating something completely from scratch. They've actually gotten started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another one that comes to mind um, is we were talking with a customer about, uh, and they've launched an initiative to try to do some of the things that we're, we just, just got demoed today. Um, they're trying to uh, increase productivity through keeping people in the central work area. Now, they weren't really thinking of it in the team's area, but I think now that we've discussed it with them, they may be thinking in that direction. But they're trying to just keep the the work experience more concentrated and and tie the, the work data elements together so that they don't have to go hunting for stuff all over the place. And and this is a large, large healthcare organization. It's one of the largest in the country. So you can think, you know, they have hundreds or thousands of project managers managing many thousands, maybe 10,000 or more projects across the board. Um, just a small productivity increase for all of those folks can, you know, their internal costing structure. I think they told us um, their project managers, they, you know, they cost them out of like 120 something dollars an hour internally. Um, and that's not an external consultant, right? That's an actual cost of, of your employee. You save just a little bit of time or productivity. Um, Starts across, up really quick. It, it adds up to some yeah. serious productivity savings. And and even better than that, it's you're, it's not just that you're saving the, the, the time so that the project managers can concentrate or work managers can concentrate on something else. It's the quality of what they're doing um, because they can spend more time on it and because the data and, and results are so much more um, predictable because it's all standardized, um, the, the quality of what you are managing is going to go way up. So the, the human element of the, of the work and project management where you have to come in and make decisions, it's going to be you know, exponentially better than it would be if you're spending most of your time hunting around things and then getting things into a, a central kind of standard data format and then trying to make the decision. You, it's one of the things we've, we've talked about for years with customers is try to stop focusing or spending all of your time on where are we and and really focus on what do we do about where we're at when you find that you know this thing's over budget or this risk has been identified or this is off schedule or whatever um now spend the human time on doing that and and try to let you know the the technology do the rest yeah yeah that's that's a really good one um guys we're seeing a lot of 
people wanting to either upgrade to Project Server to 2019 or go online. Um, and that and that's not um, you know that that's not something that's a small part of our, our conversation. That's a pretty big chunk of the conversations that we're having because you know what's happening is these folks are on 2010. They're on 2013, and then, you know, you've got the end of life for 2010 coming up in April. Right. Yep, absolutely. So we're happy to help with that. You know, we look at, you know, the tool set kind of in a renewed way. Project Online um, is a very viable product and is still um, the best project portfolio, the most comprehensive project portfolio management solution on the Microsoft platform. Absolutely. And like we said, we can actually tie it in with this type of solution as well, which which is which right. is a thing of beauty, right? Um, because it allows you to take advantage of the, the team's experience and the standardized experience and some standardizing of the data and move it into the data to the CDS and, and potentially touch you know, integrate it with other sources as well then. Um, because the CDS, one of the great things about it, and we haven't mentioned it on this call, I don't think is that it also has, I think, what, 400 or something connectors, guys? I mean, it's the, the, um, the extensive extensibility of the of apps that are now have data in the CDS is it's almost becoming unlimited what you can do with it. Yep. Another one um, real quick, and I think this is the last one we'll have time for um, integration. So, you know, Matt, when, last time you were on the, on the podcast, you, we had talked extensively about uh, our relationship, our, our strategic partnership with TaskTop mm-hmm. um, as an integration hub. And uh, we've sent, you know, in the last two weeks, you and I have both been in demonstrations where we've taken a customer through the journey of connecting project online or project server to Azure DevOps. Um, and the, the basic use case is the same. I want to have an overall portfolio view into what's going on, but then some of my work is managed in Agile and in Azure DevOps as, um, you know, uh, functions or features that I'm building in, um, which are part of a larger product story. And I want to roll them all up together into one reporting structure. Right. Yeah. So TaskTop Integration Hub is uh, is the tool that we're putting forward there. Um, and, and it's, it's a, been Yeah. And it, it's it's nice because, again, I, I think I said this before, it's all it's SaaS based. So mm-hmm. not, no, no random stuff you have to install somewhere. It's just it's spun up and there you go. It's pretty WYSIWYG in terms of. Oh, I can drag one of these. I can add one of those. It's pretty intuitive to how you'd operate to create your models to integrate to. And that's that's pretty substantial. And it's very robust and, and polished and finished in terms of a platform. It's not yeah. just a point-to-point solution. It is that model integration. And because it's a model-based integration, you're not talking A to B, B to C, C to D. D to A. You're talking A to model, right. B to model, C to model, D to model, and everyone gets adds what they need to the model and takes what they need from the model, and it's all working in the same place. So you're not having to go around in circles, make all these different connections. They're just all in this. It's just you know, it's all right there, it's, and, it's, and, you, it's and, and you can apply like, to like talking in teams. If right. I need to have a conversation with Mike, I can have a conversation with Mike. If I need a conversation with Brian, I can have a conversation with Brian. However. That's a pain because now I have this conversation with Mike. Mike has the same conversation with Brian, and I have a different conversation. It's it's a lot of talking <laughs> where if we were all just in the same team, I can go, yeah. here's my idea. Go. 
Yeah, right. except for with it, Tastop, does it. With Tastop, it might be the Brian speaking French and I'm speaking sure. Spanish. And it, and and it just comes out English, in the language right? I wanted already. It just done. comes out in the language you want. I mean, that's the way I've heard it described. Uh, yeah. The flow integrator there, the integration hub. That's true. All, all up value stream management. So it goes back to a great episode we had in episode seven with Carmen Diardo uh, from Tastop, where he talked about the benefits of visualizing the entire flow and stream of. Uh, basically from, you know, either, you know, defect or issue or, you know, task item all the way, all the way through to completion and, and product and innovation being given to the end user, to the customer. Yep. So, okay. So I think that'll wrap up this episode of, are you done yet? What did you think, Sean? There's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> Go I'm going to have to solution. buy Sean a new camera. That's well, I was going to say, you know, if we're going to have you back, you know, Mike, can we get this guy a new camera? Yeah, I think we can. To give him <laughs> the green spot on top. He well, I'm already like, worried about the It looks a little bit like Mario Brothers there. He's kind of pixelated. It looks like I, we, he, you know, Sean Scott reporting live from the, from you know, the, the bunker 40 <laughs> a million feet underground. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be a bandwidth thing, which would be harder to represent. I thought it. I thought it was a theme, like a skin, a layer that you had put over your camera, like bunker, bunker. Theme. As being someone who's kind of like camera shy, that's kind of like my superpower, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> got like this obscuring filter constantly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like it, but yeah, if, if I need a new camera, we we can. Do it. I'll get, <laughs> well, we'll get you a new camera. I'm, I'm going to take care of this. I mean, they're not. It yeah, makes how many nice of these conversations are going on across the, the world right now, right? Somebody gets on that's not normally on video. It's like, hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I, I guess, you know, just bringing up some anecdotal fun here. I'm on more calls lately where everybody starts off camera because they don't, nobody wants to do it. Um, and then the first person that turns it on, everyone else, like, begrudgingly, reluctantly turns their like, camera. Like, they're like, built it into it, yeah. Okay, it's well. It's a big pressure thing, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you have that one, off. Then you have that one holdout, like Matt. You just have the initials there on teams. Yeah. So like, I'm not, I'm not yeah, ready. I'm yeah, not camping. So, yeah, you guys, like, an 8.30 a.m. meeting, and I'm eating breakfast. I'm shoveling, you know, cottage cheese into my mouth. And, like, yeah, let me turn my camera on. <laughs> Hi, guys. Yeah. And nobody needs to see that. <laughs> exactly. No one here. I mean, I have to mute myself because no one wants to hear the, you know, the noise. No, no one here wants to hear. No one wants to see or hear any of that. That's right. But seriously, though, I mean, it's nice to see all you guys on video, but I just I'm really looking forward to the first time where we actually get to be in person um, together and have fun after this is all over. Yeah. But yeah, like normally right now, uh, actually, Mike, right several weeks ago we'd be having the conversation so what do we want to do for a holiday party right yep right now nothing right now it's going to be get sean a better <laughs> camera <laughs> right. merry christmas here you go <laughs> all right and with that um we'll wrap up this episode of are you done yet uh by innovative e helping with your work and project management challenges bye everybody thanks everybody have a good day you guys bye. later mm-hmm.